Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of The Green Room, um, your podcast brought to you by the Newtown Players of Lexington Park, Maryland. Um, gorgeous Southern Maryland, especially since we've been having some really great weather lately. Um, I'm your host, Stacey Oosterink, and I am super duper pumped to have as our guest today, someone that I actually get the opportunity to work very closely with. It's an honor for me, not so much for her, but Newtown Players <laughs> executive producer, Meg Pugh. Hi, Meg. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. We're so happy to have you. So Meg has the um, the enviable position of being the executive producer for the for the entire group, um, aka the production committee chairperson. Yes. And Meg has all the poopy jobs, um, all the bad news has to be handled by Meg's position, except for one. Meg, what is the one job, the one good perk about being executive producer? Okay. Best part of being executive producer is being able to announce the season, announce the next season, which we just did. And it was great. Yeah. So we will definitely, we're going to do that again um, so that folks know, but we, we got a lot of history to talk about. So um, both you and your husband are active, very active members of the Newtown Players. Can't get rid of us. Well, not that we want to. Look, I'm trying. I'm trying to run them all off. No, um, so tell us how you found the Newtown Players. So we're originally from New Jersey, both of us uh, born and raised in New Jersey. And in 2015, we moved on down because my husband got a job on base and how a lot of us come down here. Um, and we moved down in September of 2015. And the first thing I did when I get got down here was looked up local theater because that's just. You're a I theater my, person. I'm a theater person. I love my community theater. Uh, so I looked up local theater and I, the next show coming up was 39 steps. I had seen the, the season uh for it and I realized that Newtown Players had done a funny thing happened on the way to a forum uh the summer of 2015 yep and that is one of my favorite shows so I went through this whole like oh I missed funny thing man ah oh, da, 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 da. well then Steve and I go and watch 39 steps and just cry from laughing so we saw it three uh, three weekends it it uh was up we saw it three times each each weekend and after i found out that wow this is this is a great community theater and they can do comedy which is not an easy thing to do they can do comedy oh my gosh i missed a funny thing and just, i had a whole nother like no i missed funny thing from this theater <laughs> But uh, so so that's how how I found Newtown players, and uh, immediately you know I have to be involved. I have to be involved with these crazy people. This is fantastic. I love it. Uh, started with front of house, uh, ushering, um, ushering, bartending, and I went to I I, I ended up learning box office, uh, and I I saw a bye bye birdie gosh, seven times because I ended up <laughs> box officing so much. Um, but then, then after Bye Bye Birdie, 
I went to a, a front of house meeting uh, and all I wanted to do, all I wanted to do was learn, learn the computer better uh, in the box office. But Stacy Park was there and she needed somebody, she needed a middle-aged woman for her show, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And I was like, well, if you teach me how to make myself look middle-aged, I'll do it. And Stacy Park basically grabbed my hand and just dragged me onto the stage. And I had my 11 lines, 11 lines in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And it was a grand old time. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> so the 39 steps, uh, that was an amazing show. There was, wow. there were some technical feats there. So I got to costume that show. Um, so all of those costume changes. Um, you had some that, tall people to costume for a I lot did. of those costume changes. I did. I did. I had the, <laughs> I had the, what I like to call the bash brothers. Um, oh goodness. Um, yeah. I had guys busting out of their pants cause they're big guys and they're moving around a lot. Uh, but the biggest moment was when um, they got the train to run on the rotating stage. That was mind boggling. When I like, when I tell you the first time we were watching 39 steps, like I, I had kind of dragged Steve with me. He was happy to, he was happy to be there, but he was like, okay, we're going to another community theater. All right. You know, let's see what we get, you know, cause we, we had no idea we're coming from six hours away and we sit down and we're just like crying, laughing in the first like five minutes. And then we hit the train scene and just slack jawed. Like we just couldn't even, it was so these people are climbing all over this train car and the whole stage is moving. Yeah. And it just, and it was moving for like five minutes. And I was just like, Oh my God. And, and truthfully, truthfully, I don't think I'd ever seen a revolving stage. Before. Yeah. So that, so there was a whole nother level of just mind blown just amazed at at what these actors and actresses could do and then those <laughs> going out into the lobby and seeing the like 10 10 crew people who were in charge of moving that revolve the whole time <laughs> yeah it's not an automatic revolve the, the, oh. the only, yeah it was it was something when when the director said we're gonna do this we all kind of went really and she and she said, "Yeah, we're totally doing." And and they did. It was a terrific show. Okay, so then you get dragged on stage. Gentlemen prefer blondes. Um, mm -hmm. And I will tell you personal story. So my daughter was in that show. Um, yes. She played Lorelai, and she is who came home and told me, "Mom, there's this new lady at the theater. Her name is Meg. She's so cool. Wait until Aww. you meet her." <laughs> So I actually, um, I don't know if you know, know this, uh, so, pro so the season prior, uh, A Few Good Men, uh, so Maddie was in A Few Good Men, and I recognized her one day while I was walking through Petco. I hadn't officially met her yet, but I was walking through Petco, and I like walked past her, and I was like, I, I know her. <laughs> what do I know her from? Where, where do I know her from? And I'm like, you know, being a complete creep. And I'm just like hanging out in, a, in an aisle over and just like scanning through my brain. I was like, oh, I saw her on stage. And so like I walked past and tried not, tried not to be like, 
I've seen you before, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I just, I'm like, Hey, Hey, you know, just, you did a great job. I thought you were fantastic. Oh, okay. You know, once you, you know, registered, I wasn't a crazy lady. Um, like, Oh, Oh, thanks. Thanks. You know, so the fact that I got to work with her on gentlemen for once was really fun. And it was also fun for the fact that she had completely forgotten. It was me. Yes. <laughs> she was like, that was you. And I was like, well, I wanted to tell you, you did good. <laughs> so she came home and told me that she had like before the connection was made, I guess. Yep. Uh, but she's like, yeah, they're new and you know, blah, blah, blah. And all this. And then I guess later on she goes, so it turns out I'd already met her. And I didn't know. And so, yeah, so it's fun. All right. I, so, I was creeping on her in the Petco. So well, I don't know if that's meeting. I, you know. <laughs> we'll call it that. So, okay. So you get, you get drafted to play a middle-aged woman and you're definitely not middle-aged. So um, you get drafted to play a middle-aged woman in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. That was your first time on stage. Um, I remember, gosh, did you, you were... No, you were working like set stuff, I think. Or is that before or after when you stage managed? Did you end up getting drafted to stage manage before or after? I mean, it seemed like you were painting every set from that moment forward. I am. I play to my strengths and I am a good painter. So if I can come and paint things, I want to come and paint things because I, I, uh, Steve and I joke just I eat the paint and then the wall gets just magically becomes painted. Um, You're a very good <laughs> painter. You are a Thank very you. good painter. I try my best. I play, <laughs> play to your strengths. Um, but so it was Gentlemen for, for Blondes. And then after that, the next show was Dial M for Murder. Yep. And I was the assistant stage manager for Dial M for Murder. Okay. Um, so I got a little bit of the ropes. I didn't call anything, you know, I was kind of the backstage. I, w- I was making sure the backstage ran, ran correctly for dial M. Um, but I got my like taste for stage managing. Then goodness, I think it was the, f- it was the following. So a couple months later, I was stage manager for nine to five, the musical. So I was with, um, Michelle Ebert Frere. Uh, popped out of the woodwork and was like, Hey, do you want to stage manage? And I was like, sure. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm prepared for this. Um, but I, I am, I'm one of the people who, you know, out of the kettle into the fire and that's how I figure it out. And I may be running around in circles for a lot of it. I figured no. out. I write it, write it down what I did and what worked and what, and definitely what didn't work. Um, (laughs) That was, yeah, moving all of a sudden, basically stage managing a musical with having never really called a show aside from, from um, a small one act, which was, which was a lot of fun to do, but going from like 10 light and sound cues combined of the one act to a full-fledged musical with 23 actors and actresses. Yeah, that's a lot. Yes. It was fun. It was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, okay, so you get ramped up. 
Um, you're now all over the theater. And seriously, I think I saw you, you were stage managing, you were assisted stage managing, you were painting things, um, you were helping build front of house. And then um, you get nominated to be on the production committee because that's how it works. You get nominated by someone in membership Mm -hmm. um, and um, you get pulled into the production committee. And again, you were kind of our brain. I remember, I mean, I having served on that committee, Meg was the one who kept us organized. I, so I had a lot of imposter syndrome when I first got onto the uh, production committee, because I was like, why do they want me here? Like I, ha- I'm very much, I think of myself as the worker bee, like you give me a task and I'll do it. You know, like you tell me what you want, I'll get it done. Um, so when I first went out, I'm like, I don't, I don't have, cause I don't have a theater degree. Um, I don't have an extensive background in theater. Like, so I was like, I'm really happy to help, but what, <laughs> what do you need me to do? Like, I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what, what you're looking for. And then it just production committee was such a wonderful place. Like just the ideas and just brainstorming and just creation. And, uh, and with that, which is, wonderful and magical and wonderful to be part of part of uh there definitely is a little like okay how did we get on this subject and how do we get back to the original subject <laughs> yeah yeah so so the product- yeah so fun it's so fun to talk about but then it's one of those like oh wait no we actually have an agenda we need to get back to this <laughs> yeah so so the production committee at newtown um, they're, they've got two primary jobs. I mean, so the primary job for the production committee is we, that the group is in charge of the productions. Um, we are, um, we help evaluate the productions that are submitted from our play reading committee. Um, we help screen and evaluate potential directors and those sorts of things. Um, I can tell you exactly why you were pulled onto the production committee. It's because of your willingness to do anything. Um, we're also the plug and play group, right? Plug I'm playing. That's kind. I, I you know that's kind of my phrase for us. Is is if you have a, a production that's together and you have a director that says I can't find a costumer, one of us will jump in and do it, right? Yeah. So th- that's why. Plus, um, you have a you're a theater lover. And Fair. you want and you want good theater. And you, charged. and you understand that there is a process. Yes. And I am as creative as I can be. I am a process-driven human being. You know this about me. <laughs> I like the rules. Give me the rules and don't yep. deviate from the rules. Yep. Um, so so yeah, so I knew exactly when you came on, it was like, oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. So you came onto the, well, I'm being honest. So you came onto the production committee and you were there for a couple of uh, like a season and a half ish, right? Two seasons, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then you became the assistant executive producer, which really meant that you had to keep us straight (laughs) and and remind us of what we talked about last time. (laughs) And then the day comes where our our executive producer says, I'm done. The executive producer at the time was Beth Sanford. And yep. she's like, I've done this job enough. I'm stepping back. I'm step, I'm not, le- I don't want to leave the committee, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be this job anymore. 
when when I became the assistant executive producer, we we had been going through our charter, you know, all the fun stuff. Um, but going through our rules. charter, realized rules. Um, we didn't have an assistant assistant executive producer, and Beth mentioned like, well, no, no one's ever wanted to do it, and I kind of just slowly raised my hand, like, I'll do it <laughs> if you need me to do something, I'll do it. Right, and uh. You know, I've, I all of a sudden became assistant assistant executive producer. And then Beth and I had a longer conversation a little later because um, Beth has the, uh, um, I, I, I almost want to call it a mantra of teach yourself out of a job. Yes. Uh, so you are growing the knowledge base of your volunteers so that they can kick you out of your jobs and they can take on the, take on the mantle next. And so she was telling me like, I, I want to practice what I, what I preach. I've been executive producer for eight years. Are you willing to become executive producer off of, off of being assistant? Do you want to just hang out an assistant? And I said, I'm, I'm willing to be executive producer as long as you don't go anywhere, right? And you stay so that I can call you. <laughs> like I, I told, I tell everybody if Beth had like moved to Nevada and turned off her cell phone, I would be so far up the Creek without a paddle. <laughs> well, she'd been doing, doing it for eight years. She knows how it works. She knows right. everything, you know, and she really did um, a lot while I was the assistant kind of showing me like, okay, this is how this works. This is how this works. And just, you know, while, while I learn, you know, and I, and I'm going to be my own, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be uh, Beth Sanford executive producer copy. <laughs> right. It's not a control V control C control V kind of thing. Right. Exactly. Right. But uh, she just has the knowledge of, of a lot of the ins and outs that I just wasn't familiar with yet. Uh, when I was getting the rights to the shows uh, for for our upcoming season, there was a lot of Beth. What? <laughs> what? I'm not used to this paperwork yet. Please tell me what this is and how I'm supposed to do it. And uh, she was very patient with me. Um, and we figured it out. We we have our wonderful upcoming season. But yeah, God bless Beth Sanford and uh, suffering through. Can I call you again? <laughs> Well, so that was, that was 2018, right? Yeah. You were executive assistant producer for 2018. I thought it was 19. I thought it, I thought your turnover happened at the end of 18. And then it went into 19. Cause I, I thought I was only assistant executive producer for about a year. Yeah. Well, okay. So that, that would be, that would be like, September 19 and then um because I became executive producer yeah yeah yeah, yeah you're right you're right you're right you're right okay so 19 right so you mm -hmm. become ex right with the plan of your your assistant you, you the plan is here okay we're going to move forward we're going to do this thing the new year comes 2020 happens 2020 happens <laughs> and we and already know that Beth is leaving and March happens and yeah. COVID shut us down. Yeah. So tell me about that. 
because at that point you had to be going, I'm not doing this. Oh, Beth and I had a lot of conversations. Um, truthfully, I, I asked her like, are you, are, do you want to stop now? You, you couldn't, she's done such a fantastic job. And then, you know, obviously our entire theater was hit hard by just the lights going out one day. Yeah. You know, we have, we have our ghost light, but the lights went out and it stayed that way for a long time. And, and I asked Beth, like, do you want to do like a complete season before, before you leave? Or do you want, like, what do you want to do? And, and she had said, you know, if you're interested in taking it over, I'm done. I've, I've taught you what I can teach you. <laughs> Flourish, you know, um, but it definitely, I mean, it, it wasn't, we weren't faced with any easy decisions. Right. Um, so, so and March, some of them weren't even our decisions to make. Oh, absolutely. So that's where I'm going. So you and Beth, I mean, the whole production committee, we knew, right? Yeah. We're, we're in, we're in these meetings and we're following the guidelines set forth by the CDC yep. and the state and everything else. And we had a show we just closed. I love you. You're perfect. Now change. Yep. We had a show ready to go to stage. Yes. We had, they were uh, weeks away. Were they weeks away? Were they a week? They were not far. They were, away. They were like a week away. Um, they, they were in their final dress rehearsals. Yeah. And almost, uh, almost main. Almost um, main. Mm-hmm. And we, that we had to turn the lights off and we thought it was going to be a short-term thing. Right. I, I was, I had been cast in night on Broadway um, for 2020 and generally everybody was saying like, okay, we'll be back to rehearsals in two weeks. So two weeks to flatten the curve. I remember that two weeks to flatten the curve and we'll be, you know, practice your dance routines, practice your lines, whatever, you know, we'll be back in two weeks and then two weeks came and two weeks went and that curve did not flatten the way it should have. Um, and we were stuck between a rock and a hard place. And almost Maine was hit the hardest. Yeah. Um, they. I felt they, horrible for that entire cast and crew to just be on the precipice. They'd worked for months. And it was, it was impossible with the guidelines. We, right. we, because we wanted, we wanted almost Maine to see the audience that they deserved so yeah. badly. And we had been trying to figure out, okay, can we, can we all of a sudden stream this? Can we um, re- record it in pieces and, and distribute it that way? And just with the guidelines, as strict as they were in March. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the pandemic hits, our lights go out. We canceled almost Maine. Then the show that you were cast in got canceled. And and then our big summer musical that Beth Sanford was directing. Yep. Got canceled. Yep. And now we're into August and our Shakespeare show doesn't happen. 
And then it's September and you become the grand poobah. No, you become the executive producer. <laughs> and Meg, we didn't, we were still stuck. We didn't have a season. The way we had been, the way we had been moving and the, the way we continued to move was we are going to go up uh, in production committee. We're going to go up to the month that the auditions would happen. And at that production committee, we would look, because our production committee is, is earlier in the month, we would look at, okay, where's the world this month? Because we couldn't, no one, no one could have figured out, no, no one knew how, how long this quarantine was going to last. And no one could guess what the requirements would be, um, you know, as they were fluctuating. We had to basically go right up to right before the auditions and say, do we think we can do this? And unfortunately it's been no, um, because we can't. Um, and that's kind of how we moved. That's kind of how we moved along. We ended up cause the last event I actually went to, um, before, before quarantine shut us down was the Newtown Players Gala last, yep. uh, last year. And that's when we announced the 17th season. And so I got to, I became executive producer and got to, unfortunately, just as we went month by month, say, we can't do that one. We can't do this one. We can't. And, and the, the production committee makes a recommendation to the board. And yeah, board agreed because we because the top priority is the safety of our members, the safety of our patrons, and while we are all dying to get back on stage, we we couldn't we couldn't risk we couldn't risk anyone's health to do it. No, and, and legally <laughs> we weren't allowed to, and and still it's kind of questionable. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it, an interesting time to become executive producer. Um, yeah, yeah, right. So I I remember vividly being sitting there going, "Okay, um, it's it's December. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody!" Um, and then January, mm -hmm. and then February, and things started to turn at the end of January, beginning of February. Um, well, it started to turn around in January when we heard that we've got vaccines rolling out. Yes. That, right? And then we picked up a little more momentum in mm -hmm. February because the schools were starting to talk about coming back. Yep. yep. And, and the, that, was a, that was a pretty great meeting because we were like, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to put yep. together a season. Yeah, it, it made it possible. You know, yeah. we, we didn't, we had no idea what was coming when we were crafting the last season. You know, we, we don't want to get people's hopes up <laughs> for, for nothing, but this, we feel confident enough that with vaccines rolling out, with the world opening up more, that we will be able to safely put on shows again. Uh, right. So it was, it was 
worth the time and effort to craft the 18th season. And I think, you know, fingers crossed, we're doing good. The vaccines, the vaccines are coming out. We are hopeful to be able to do the last, the last show of our 17th season, which is Hamlet. Um, Hamlet is the uh, Shakespeare in the Park at Historic St. Mary's City that is slated for mid-August. And that's something that we need to uh, we need to discuss discuss with Historic St. Mary City that that they're, they're still on board, but we think they they are still on board, and we might be able to do that outside. Right, right. So yeah, so that's the thing, and and I got to give some. I, let me give some props to the production committee um, that they, it was a very thoughtful. Um, there was a, the, the season was crafted in a very thoughtful way, I mm -hmm. think. And it was, we know what we can do outside. We know what the guidelines are outside. Mm -hmm. um, we're, Shakespeare in the Park is outdoors in August. We can social, I mean, we could seat households together. There's yep. a big field. You know, we're, we're good. We know we can pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. We can keep everyone, we can keep everyone safe. Um, the, the one question is the mask mandate. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that's the, that's the one major question because we want to be able to see actors and actresses faces. Yeah. Uh, when they're delivering their lines. Um, right. But we're, we're hopeful we'll be able to mid August. We're, we're doing good. We can, we can rehearse, we can rehearse through Zoom. We can audition. We can audition through Zoom. We can rehearse through Zoom. We can rehearse outside, 20 feet, outside, yep. twenty feet apart. What, whatever, whatever works. So, yeah. And fingers, then fingers crossed. <laughs> and, then, and then we were really careful. The production committee, at, under your guidance, very careful to start out with um, the first show back in the building. Could also be done outside. Mm -hmm. If need be, um, and can be crafted to again keep people safe. Exactly. Right. And then let it build because, you know, and we're, you know, um, so that's kind of the it, it was done really well. So now we're at the now we're at the best part of your job. We're gonna do it on the podcast. So oh, yes. let's go through the season. Um, you give us, you know names and dates and all that. And let's talk about the kind of thought process that went into these, because I don't think people, we're not just pulling them out of a hat. Oh, no, 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 no. And, and folks, as someone who sits on the production committee and has for a very long time and has seen executive producers come and go, that is a tough job. And you need a, you need an excellent leader. Um, and, you know, I'm, Beth Sanford is a, is a, a hero in my book for doing it as long as she did, but she, she was a great leader for that group. And Meg, you are a fantastic leader for that group. So props to you, but let's, let's go through that because um, I'm super excited about the season. <laughs> so our 18th season starts out with night on Broadway from September 10th through 26th. Director Eric Engel, music director Sarah Gravel. So Night on Broadway is our um, cabaret Broadway, Broadway review. Broadway review. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and 
that is something I do. I distinctly remember saying, look, if we still can't have full capacity in the building, that's a show we can do outside. It is the most malleable. It is. Um, since the, the director and the music director, really, whenever you see a night on Broadway show, the, the director and music director have chosen all of the songs. They have, they have worked them into the schedule so that the singers don't get tired by, you know, building four songs after another. And, you know, um, they, they've crafted this show. They're the ones who pick songs and, and, and figure everything out. So with that in mind, we're, we're going to be working closely with, with Eric Engel and Sarah Gravel. Um, if, if we have to stick to small, to smaller numbers, lots of solos, duets, and, and maybe three per three people max, we can do that. If we're able to do group numbers, I, I know we'll do a fantastic job with that too. But it, it's easy to say, okay, well, you're going, well, the actor or actress is going to sing this song. Where are they going to sing it? Right. And sing it on the stage inside the building, or we can have it outside. It could be on a stage outside and they're still going to sound lovely wherever they are. But they're not reliant on a set. They're not reliant on, 15 different props so we really get to work with where the world is with a night on broadway being first and and eric angle and sarah gravel are gonna knock it out of the park yeah yeah that'll be awesome okay so then the next then show we have elf the musical from november 12th december 12th being directed by Tim Joyce and assistant directed by Wade Thompson. Right. And, and the, go ahead. The concession here, just in case, you know, we talked about, oh, are there streaming rights available? Are there, you know, all of those things that, but I want to talk about the fact, the process that went into these, it's not like we just pick things out of a hat. We, and you had to do, you and Beth and other members that had to really do a lot of research ahead of time to kind of try to plan for what ifs, right? Yeah. Um, we are looking into streaming rights. Um, right. A lot of, a lot of that depends on the technology at our disposal. Yep. Um, but mo most of the shows that we have on our list, only one, um, have streaming rights available. And uh, we are also being mindful of, so Elf is a musical and most musicals have a good number of people in them. Um, so we had made, we've made a decision that we are not going to have pit orchestra. We're not gonna have live music for this coming year. While we appreciate our musicians so much, they're rock stars. And I, I, one of my favorite parts of shows when the musicians come in, I'm like, yes, it's just, it feels it, it pulls it all together. Um, while we love and appreciate them greatly, uh, keep the number of people on the set down, we, we chose to get performance and rehearsal music tracks. So, 
as to keep keep that number down and uh well and also facilitate rehearsals i mean it does it does very much help facilitate rehearsals um So ho- hopefully, I- I've worked with with something called Rehearse Score previously. In nine five, we we used Rehearse Score, and it was it was a pretty amazing, pretty amazing little uh, uh, app. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That ha- you carry around your music in your pocket, and you know, sing on your way to work, or on the way to the grocery store, or around yep. your house. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So so I mean, again, kind of the concession. Now again, we're talking. December mm-hmm. of 2021, mm-hmm. you know, um, so months from now, let's months keep our vaccine. Let's keep our vaccinations rolling and hopefully yep. we'll, we'll be in a good shape. So then the calendar turns to 2022. Then we have puffs February 11th through 27th being directed by Tessa Silvestro and assistant directed by Neil Compton. Right. And so Puffs is um, all you all you fans of the boy wizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to see that show. It is hilarious. It, it is. is just a joy, <laughs> a joy to watch. Um, and it, it it's one of those shows that that makes fun of itself. And just for people who are familiar with the boy wizard, who are familiar with that entire school. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, you're laugh. So oh, you're much. Laugh. Yeah. So much fun. Okay. And after that one. After that one, we have Noises Off, April 21st through May 8th with director Randy Tusing and assistant director Steve Pugh. So Noises Off is a classic farce. Oh, um, yes. it's a it's a play about a play that goes horribly badly um, and a and a theater company that is um, not top notch. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I found something interesting. So Noises Off is also um, made it into a movie. Oh, yeah. Whenever, whenever uh, with like Michael the Kane, Carol Burnett, Christopher um, Reeve, Christopher Reeves. John Ritter, I believe. John John Ritter and um, Mar- isn't Mary Lou Henner in that too? It might be. I'm not. I yeah, I, I think she is. You. Yeah, yeah. Um, a hilarious movie. I grew up watching this movie. My my dad passed his love of theater down to me, um, but I grew up watching watching Noises Off and just thought it was fantastic. And every once in a while, I meet a friend in the theater community who hasn't seen the movie and Holy is not cow. familiar with the play. And I'll sh- like, I, I, ha- I have two people who I'm thinking of right now. I showed them the movie and they were like, I have so much anxiety right now because they'd been in shows. They'd been, so they, they're like, oh no, the world is ending. I'm like, no, no, it's funny. It's a movie. It's just a movie. Don't, don't, don't relate it to real life. If you really relate it to real life as an actor, you're going to have a panic attack. If you watch it as a movie, it's very funny. Right. So, so we are actually having, we're actually have been soliciting from theater people who listen to this podcast to send us your horror stories. Um, by the way, that's podcast at Newtown Players with an E, newtownplayers.org podcast at new top send us your horror stories please because noises off 
is, is what show. happens when <laughs> all of the horror stories come true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's oh, super, oh, funny. So funny. super funny. Super um, funny. Yeah. And then our final show of the season. Not our final show. Of the oh, season. no, wait. Do we have another one squeezed in there? Oh, Don't no. Forget about okay, wait. I, no, sorry. So here's the thing. I'm not used to us being bookended by Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So our summer show. Our summer show is Something Rotten, July 1st through 24th, being directed by, uh, co-directed by Megan Rankin-Herring and Stacey Oosterink, our lovely host. Yay. Uh, we're so excited. <laughs> so um, that should be the Southern Maryland premiere for that show. Yes. Um, we were, that's the show that was supposed to have be happening this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are, we're stoked that it's going to be, that it's going to happen, um, summer of 2022. Um, and then yes, you're right. Our final show that really, we really are being bookended by Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have a Midsummer Night's Dream. It'll be mid, mid August at historic St. Mary's city being directed by Beth Sanford and assistant directed by Kenny Faison. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, the, I noticed there are no dramas in this season. Correct. So usually we try to make sure there's a, at least one drama, one comedy. We have our two musicals. Um, but this year we, we were looking at, at the dramas and while there are, fantastic shows shows to be done we've had enough drama in our lives for the past year um and the idea of bringing everyone together then be sad (laughs) with the with drama that we're watching which which they're powerful amazing stories let's come together and laugh we deserve that we deserve coming together and just laughing. And, and of course, we'll get back to um, putting on dramas again in the next season. But this coming season is about joy and silliness and goofiness and just laughing till you cry and just enjoying community with each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I loved you actually made that announcement to our membership that, you know, um, that, well, for the past year, and it's been like almost exactly a year since uh-huh. we were all together. Yeah. Um, but that I don't think that anything other than you could have a, any bigger drama than we've all been through in the past year. Yeah. And, you know, we're all going to be so overjoyed to be together again and to, to have live theater and to see, I mean, those of us on stage, seeing audiences and those of us who aren't on stage and get to be the audience. Um, I think we're all going to be so overjoyed that um, <laughs> I don't know that. I mean, you'd probably find us laughing through the dramas at this point, because I think the relief <laughs> and the joy overtakes everything. And I, I love that thought. I just love it. And, and that's it's one of the, one of the magical things about live theater is the, is the fact you're in the room with the person. And, and we've, we all feel that from all of our Zoom meetings, you know, and, and Google Meets and, and, you know, we get to see our friends, but it's entirely different when you're standing in the room with them. And yeah. live theater is magical because you're in the room with, with creation, yeah. with the creation of this story. And 
even with the dramas, the dramas are more powerful in my opinion because you're in you're in the room with the creation of the experience. Um, but it'll just be so good because everyone will be together again and just everyone will just be beaming happiness from being together again. And then we have these scripts, this source material. It's like, hey, you're already happy. Let's drive it through the roof and be ridiculous and, and keep everybody laughing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's the, I think that's the m- main thing about live theater in general. I mean, it, a lot of people, you know, who are not hardcore theater people, um, they don't get that. I mean, they'll go and they'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're, we're watching the, we, the audience are watching a story. Um, yeah. But you're, if you're a hardcore theater person, um, especially those of us who love being on both sides, you realize that it really is a relationship. It really is a partnership. Um, you you get a different show every night because you have a different audience every night. The lines might be the same mm-hmm. with any luck, um, <laughs> unless it's noises off. Um, but with There's any no. luck, right, get some of them right. Um, so, but you you get a different show every night because your actors really do feed off that energy that they Mm -hmm. get from an audience and the audience then reacts from the energy they get off the stage. And it, you can't, you can't really have one without the other. It is a beautiful thing. One of my favorite things being stage manager or being in the booth at all, because I'll run lights Sometimes if you need me to run lights, I haven't touched plug sound and yet. play plug <laughs> and play. I, I don't know if I'll ever touch sound. I don't know. It just freaks me out. I'm like, I'm just going to touch something and all the speakers are going to explode. I, you know, maybe one day anyway, but like, I, I love being in the booth, which is, which is all the way back at the, at the back of the theater. And you could just feel the energy from the audience and you can feel the energy from the stage and how it mixes together and just, Actors will play up to what, oh, okay, the, the audience is laughing harder at the physical comedy. I'm going to fall over this couch really hard then, you know, or I'm going to be really dramatic falling over this couch or, oh, they're really liking the one-liners. I'm going to leave a little space, a little more space after I say the one-liner because they're really enjoying them. And just seeing that, because it's an experience. Live theater each night is its own experience. And, an audi- and the audience is part of that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you go see multiple shows, you of the, oh, yeah. multiple times of the same run, you know, you're like, wow. And they're all magic in yeah. their own way. So mm-hmm. um, the most over the, the best news I've heard in a long time was when we said, you know what? We're going to plan a season because we're going to have yeah. an audience and we will be back. This, yes, this was intermission. Um, we will be back. We will be back. We will we, be back. We all yeah. need theater in our lives. We, we all do. we all need it. And, we do. Uh, once once we can get back to it, we will be overjoyed to entertain our audience again. We will be overjoyed to I'll be overjoyed to to see the shows again and, and be entertained by our wonderful members and, and they'll be overjoyed to see our patrons in, in our in our fancy new seats uh, that we got just a year or so ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Well, Meg, 
Thank you. Thank you for, first off, for the job you do at the Newtown Players. And thank you for being on the podcast because, yeah, I mean, you, you've given us the perspective of the work that goes into, but the joy that also comes out of just being a part of it. So oh, yeah. um, I appreciate you and I can't wait to see you painting something really soon. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy and I, uh, I can't wait to be petting a, painting a set as well. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, um, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to The Green Room. Uh, the Green Room is created by the Newtown Players. Hosted by me, Stacey Oosterink. Our producers are Kenny Faison and Stacey Park. Jay McCulka is our sound recording engineer. Our mixing engineer is Tim Joyce. And the fantastic music that you hear to open this podcast was composed and performed by Hunter Martin. You can find the Newtown Players on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Search for Newtown Players. That's Newtown with an E players. Um, or you can find us on the web at www.ntpshows.com. You can listen to The Green Room on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcast. And by the way, if you have an interesting idea for a future episode, please email us because we do listen, I promise. Podcast at newtownplayers.org. Newtown with an E. Okay, www.ntpshows.com. Thanks for joining the green room. We will see you next time.